ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, it's time for below grade level. It's time for the fright of your life. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Below Grade Level, the show where we take the books that we read as children and read them as adults and ruin them. I'm one of your hosts, Jonathan Eaton, and with me as always are Becca Eaton. Hello. And Chris Zaleski. Hello. How are you guys doing? Pretty well. Good. Just fine. Good. Just fine. Good. Yeah. No one believes us, but it, it, it's, <laughs> fine. it's just a yeah. thing that you say. You, you that should just be, be yeah, everyone just is like, eh, I'm fine. Uh, our guest on today's episode is a brand new guest to this show, but he's been on um, our other shows before. But it's my brother, Jason Eaton. Hi. Hello. <laughs> How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm thriving, weirdly, in all of this. <laughs> Good. Uh, I'm, you're, you're like, you know, I don't have in, to see people. Ways. Yeah, it's fantastic. No, I'm just getting a lot of stuff done that I've been putting off for years and years, and it's just very like empowering to like finally finish all of the 35 millimeter family slide negatives. Oh my god. I don't know how you are I I don't know where you're getting like the motivation cuz like that's what's lacking in okay. me. Okay. It's because of my thumb surgery. <laughs> okay. Like if I wasn't doing that, I would be doing what led to the thumb surgery, which is constantly making shit nonstop. Like I don't know, I'm broken and if I'm not productive, I'm like the day is ruined. Like yeah. so it's a little what bit of a nightmare. What does that feel like? <laughs> That's what uh, I'm wondering. It's, it's exhausting. Because all I, I do is want I, to do I thought things. It, I thought it felt normal. <laughs> but You're like that know, a man. lot, though, Jonathan. That, that's how I... Jonathan, that's how you I, are. You know, no, I know. That's how I normally am. I feel like lately, since this bullshit pandemic thing went down, like I don't. Uh, it's like an emotional thing. It's like there an emotional is, anxiety thing where I'm just no, like... No, there is a thing that paralyzes creatives uh, yeah. with, with this whole... Like this whole direct, thing has just yeah. been like, what's the fucking it, point? And it's I'm, because I, yeah. apparently, apparently, I mean, I wasn't that creative or, before. <laughs> our, our flight, fight or flight, impulse, instinct, whatever, is constantly being triggered and releasing all of those hormones into us, and we have nothing to do with it. Yeah, we can't run and we can't fight. There's nothing to do. <laughs> so with we took the I mean, third option, which is nothing. Which is watch <laughs> AKA television. Drink. Yeah, it's, right, yeah, yeah, it's called yeah, which puddling. is watch what. It's puddling. Yeah, it's, it's watch what we do in the shadows again for literally the fourth time. Right <laughs> and and I have no problem publicly admitting that. It's fantastic. I mean, it's a wonderful show. So uh, um, other, uh, I mean, slightly less important than Jason being one of our host brothers. Uh, he uh, was on the Star Wars YouTube channel. Hey, yeah. the I official was. ones. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, like, yeah. Twenty shit. people didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. I, I was shocked Did that it wasn't more. Did you get any comments like, that were like completely unhelpful, but just someone saying like, "You look like a fag." Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There was a guy. There's a guy who's a modeler, and we all know him. And he's he's a Canadian, but he can't stop talking about American politics. He's super conservative. He's super religious. Hates gay people. Hates ethnicities. You know, a, a real cool. catch. All around. Um, like Star Wars. He's he's, he's single. <laughs> yeah, and then like Star Trek, and I'm like, well, Star Trek's about inclusiveness. Also, it's the, these military like the guys Empire. and these really close-minded, like, like conservative people really gravitate towards these franchises because of the fascist element. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. My and old they, like, boss, lock onto who that. I think 
he loved Star Wars, but he was like, I really identify with Darth Vader, and I was like, that's fucked up. Of fucking course you do. Yeah, yeah. I really like the subjugation elements of yeah. the story. <laughs> you know, Meanwhile, all the, like the all the heroes in all the of these get a bad rap. <laughs> every every single hero in every single one of these franchises is Antifa. I mean, like yeah. whatever the fuck that is. I mean, like come on, it's ridiculous. Anyway, so his comment was. Lose those fruity glasses. Cool. Because I had because re- my you know like uh, I was wearing red frames in that one. Oh my god. Um, oh, like and mine currently so flamboyant. Yeah. Like my I know, super right? gay glasses that I'm wearing. And of co- and of course I wrote back like, oh Jim, I could kiss you. <laughs> because, you know, like because as our family motto is it clearly states, fuck, fuck that, that guy. guy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, and he just kept, wouldn't give it a rest, and I you know everybody reported it. And it kept getting erased. And then he came back as a sock puppet to tell me to lose them. And I'm like, now you're starting new accounts to wow. tell me to, like, lose the glasses. Can so, you imagine uh, how exhausting it is to live in that constant of a state of gay panic? Yeah, it really oh, seems just... Uh, it's going to catch it. He's, oh, man. It's just... It's no, it, he can't get rid of it. Yeah, but he caught it a long time ago. He caught it, and it's who he is. Yeah, oh, well, Oops. you know. Well, and there's plenty of other guys in the, quote, scene that hate my guts for very valid or completely bonkers reasons. Um, and none of them weighed in on it, so I'm sort of surprised. They probably did, but I have them all blocked. So yeah, that's nice. nice. But none of my friends have gone, hey, I think you might want to ruin your day and read this screen cap I took, <laughs> or whatever. Oh, <laughs> well, no, that's called so, having good friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's been it's been a very positive experience. It's weird. The whole they time I watched for... the video, I was like, there's so little they didn't show. Oh, my God. <laughs> he They're, has so much more for... cool shit that they could be showing. Yeah. They were here for seven hours, and it was, like, six minutes long or five yeah. minutes long. That's insane. Like, I mean... Well, and it's funny it too. too enough time went by. Watch it. Right. And then like two months go by, and I'm like, I don't even remember what the fuck I talked about. And you know, like, oh my god, what if I said this? It's fine. They made me sound very. Uh, That's how I feel after like every single one of these record. The next day, I'm just like, I don't remember at all what we did for like two straight hours. I have no clue what we talked about. It just Thanks, goes bourbon. Right out of my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wee. Yeah. Um. So. What are you drinking? Um, me. Uh, raging yeah. bitch. It's a. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's a beer. Oh yeah, I was like, alcohol comes in cans. What, what the hell is that? <laughs> it does. I, it's really. I am so. I am so ignorant to all beer. It's very weird. I, I feel like it's like the sports thing all over again. Like people are like, do you like an IPA or? A, and I'm like, I don't know how to answer. This I mean, that's how I used to feel. Unofficially brought to you by Flying Dog, Raging Bitch, and Dogfish Head Sequench. Ooh, Sequench is good. <laughs> nice. Sazerac, six year. Mm. And she, I had bourbon last night. night. And that's why I'm not having it tonight. Mm, yeah, I, I I haven't been having much of it because it you know like alcohol negates uh, wounds. No oh, right, apparently. But now <laughs> my stitches are out, so I'm devil may care. <laughs> um, so we are going into part two of the very first Fear Street book. So, uh, I'm, did I'm you read sh- these as a kid? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So that's what I was just no. That's what I was gonna uh, bring up. Um, I'm so way too old I for read, any of these. I read Goosebumps, Sadly. as you remember, as my older brother. Mm-hmm. I read yeah, yeah. the living shit out of Goosebumps, which is why this is why this podcast exists in the first place. Because right. our mom gave like gave me a box of all of my old books one day, and I was like, I don't know what to do with these. Um, so I like all these old Goosebumps books, and uh, a bunch See, of you're other creative. Books. Say what? Yeah. You're creative. Most people would have gone like, I don't know what to do with these, and they would have stuck don't them on worry. a shelf. Yeah. Yeah. 
Or um, I also did read Fear Street. I read a bunch of stuff like this, but I did read Fear Street. So Fear Street is written by R.L. Stein, the guy who wrote Goosebumps, but it's his like Goosebumps, next. Yeah. Um, it's like uh, for. Teenagers. Oh, it's like young adult horror. Yes. So Goosebumps okay. is like grade school. Fear Street's like high school. But it's basically the same concept. Um, right. So that's but what I was going to say. Accurately, I know Goosebumps is like first grade. Fear Street is like third grade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So far, it's... this hasn't been elevated in any way, shape, or form. Oh, no, no. And it's I mean, not like scandalous or anything either. The last book we read had like um, fake date rape in it. Like, Whoa. Oh, the Sweet Valley book? Yeah. That was Yeah, that so book was a heavy. lot darker and creepier. I will never not sing the praises of the Sweet Valley universe. Oh, I'm hooked. I'm hooked now. Um, but Have so, you read Flowers in the Attic? No, I haven't and I think I brought it up one time just knowing what the book yeah, is. Yeah, you is... said would it be fun and I said absolutely not. Yeah. No! <laughs> just when you said heavy, I was like that That was the one book that everybody was like, oh you should read that and then you're like, Jesus fucking yeah. Christ. Like, well, so what like, books I did... am worse for this. <laughs> what yeah. damage I'm... now. Yeah, I didn't need to know this happened. Existed. <laughs> so I know that these were were past your time because um, this is like <laughs> this is like very very late eighties, mostly nineties. But yeah, so like, what yeah. stuff were you yeah, reading? You were already you like twenty five okay. by then, right? Yeah, you know, I was seventy three. Like I think. Twelve. <laughs> yeah, I was I was working on my third job. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So when you I joke, was, but ex- you guys started working when you were like eleven, which I don't oh, yeah. started working. I started working at 13. They had to get my work permit signed by, like, the governor yeah, or some shit. It probably was their job. What the I, fuck? I was like, I, I can't I wait to start working. I to work at 13. They wouldn't hire me, and then I got a job somewhere else at, like, 14 or 15, something. Yeah. Insane. Insane. <laughs> um, so when I was probably in first grade, second grade, whatever, um, besides, like, just, you know, the Star Wars indoctrination books, you know, like, I was, I would read those obsessively, and I read the sketchbooks obsessively and drew the stuff. But uh, Alfred Hitchcock and the Three Investigators was my Okay. Name. And those were actually recycled. They were just, I think, the Three Investigators, and they were sort of concurrent with Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys, like, in the 50s, 60s, I, I want to say. Uh, and then at some point in the 70s... They, like, uh, rebranded into, them? Into the very early 80s. They rebranded it Alfred Hitchcock and the Three Investigators, and they started writing new... Like, they picked up at number, you know, 54 or whatever. Okay. And I vividly remember we would always buy them at B. Dalton in the Annapolis Mall. B. Dalton. And I would... I I can see it in my mind's eye. It's crazy. I would walk straight back, and I would turn left, and they were right there. And I would buy one and read it, as like, voraciously as fast as I could. And it got to the point where... I might have been aging out of them at that point, but like I could read one in a day, and oh I would boy. just do. I guess I just did that all day. Yeah. And I remember my. I remember our mom, uh, yelling at me to turn off the light because I'm gonna go blind or some shit when I was like reading at like nine thirty or ten. You know, she would <laughs> she would right. make me go to she would make me go to bed. Yeah. Like, but I just want to read. You know, like I remember something that parents would like cry with happiness about. Oh yeah. yeah. But yeah. you're 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 like actively staying away from like drugs and alcohol and she's just like stop reading well i mean i was also in like third or fourth grade but yeah 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 Yeah, so you were actively saying right right i was uh, i I was i was six months sober off the big league chew yeah (laughs) Yeah. my parents Um, would get pissed at me because the mall by my house had uh two bookstores they had a b dalton and a walden oh yeah one on each floor we we did too yeah and uh it would take me like an hour and a half to find a book for them to buy me. 
Because they'd be like, alright, are you done yet? And I'd be like, well, we didn't check the other store. We should probably <laughs> go check like, the other store before I decide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's we, gone now. That's Malls funny. are gone. We, like, lived at the library. I feel like uh, we yeah. didn't really buy books when we were little. We could, we had to be driven to our library, so we never went. Oh. We did, too. But it was closer than the bookstore. <laughs> than oh, cheaper. Well, yeah. I guess just... I guess the bookstore was just an offshoot of us being at the mall shopping. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, like, yeah. I'm sure we were probably there for our mom to buy, like, something from the department store, because that's what I always remember. Shalimar, Garfield. It's like having yeah. parking yeah. outside of the department store so that when we walked into parking the mall, Parking outside walked, of Garfinkel so we could come through it. Yeah. Through it. Every time. Yeah. And getting so bored that one time, uh, me and <laughs> our other brother, Anthony, um... <laughs> Uh, because our mom wasn't paying attention, we were at the makeup counter, and he, we made a perfect-looking gigantic bruise like on my hand, and then I hit it, and then we waited until we got back to the car, and when I got in, he slammed the door, and I screamed, and when my mom turned around, I held my hand. Instant bruise. Instant bruise. Oh my yeah. god! And it got her. Amazing. It got her for like a second. Second. Yeah. 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 We're like the book fair. And like oh, buy a book. Yeah. I, I remember the book fair. <laughs> I um, didn't have an income. <laughs> so I'm curious to see how this. Um, I'm I'm curious to see what you'll think of of this. Like, if it bears any like resemblance to like the three investigators. Like, if they've just been churning out the same shit for decades. So or... wait, I have a question. I, yeah, I'm, I don't know what the three investigators is. Was that something that was geared okay. towards kids, or was that like adult? Yeah, detective yeah. Real quick, we real quick. It was geared, I think, towards boys. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like there was Nancy Drew for the girls, and there was Hardy Boys for the boys. Or whatever. And then the but boys got I, another I, thing. And then we got another thing because we're boys. <laughs> of course. Right. Yeah. We also have pockets that our phones fit in. Fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> any, any, anyway. Um, I, I'm not. I'm. You know, I wish I could change the world um <laughs> okay. we all do it was it was about this kid named jupiter jo okay i haven't read one in like oh, 35 jupiter jones? years jupiter jones and he they they lived in a he lived in a junkyard character in jupiter ascending i think so okay go he, on he lived he lived with his parents or whatever his guardian i can't remember but it was in a junkyard and he had made like this hangout in like a stack of cars or some shit, and there were secret hatches to get to it. And one, and there was a hole in the fence called Redgate Rover that you had to like push a handle to get through. And he had two friends, and one of them was probably asthmatic, and the other one was probably like kind of like a wise guy. You know, they all had jokes. <laughs> yeah. Jupiter Jones. I think Jupiter Jones was husky and and brainy. Um, you know, because those are never mutually exclusive. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. Uh, and they like there would be trouble in town like somebody stole a clock or some shit and they would crack the case gotcha nice. okay it so, was very low stakes there I don't think there was ever any murder or anything but it yeah. was you know just like so these I think there was definitely... an episode where they found I want to say there was an episode where they found like a huge stash of confederate money or something oh boy <laughs> like just you know just weird dumb shit I yeah. don't know why I'm remembering that because <laughs> I think that was when I was like oh I guess they had money because they were a fake nation alright like, it was worthless, by the way. They thought it was very, very valuable. Also, let's not Even forget... Even back then, um, kids. <laughs> let's not forget Encyclopedia Brown and Harriet the Spy. Right. Those, oh, yeah. I think those. I think those were all things my friends read and I never did. I did read Super Fudge, Tales of Fourth Grade Nothing. Oh, Are yeah. you there? I read Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, so I could get another view. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I read some that. Some girl... Yeah. 
That was learning about boobs and stuff. <laughs> like what? how girls' bodies work. There was a book series that... Sorry, we should start this. That's all. <laughs> okay. But there was a book series about a girl named Alice that was all like very descriptive about that kind of stuff. That was oh, basically yeah, just like a manual for like how to use tampons and he, what boobs are. Yeah. No one else <laughs> but would, I don't remember no what they were called, you. but it was like very You're, specific about yeah. that kind of thing. Your religious um, parents aren't going to shine a light on that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like, want to avoid having this conversation with your daughter? Just buy her these fucking books. <laughs> All right, so yeah. getting into getting back into Fear Street, we're about to start Chapter 6. And so just to catch you, the listener, up, and uh, Jason, who wasn't here the last time, here's what's happened last time on Fear Street. So we start off with um, a very... I, I, what I remember is that the first chapter is very cryptic. Not chapter, but just like the first like prologue. It was very cryptic, and it was something about Anna being dead. Oh, yeah. What, there was a girl a that well. pushed another girl down Some, the... Wait, wasn't it down the stairs? Down, someone pushed Anna down the stairs, and I don't know if we know if it was a girl or, like, a brother. We, we, oh, right. We think it was, like, a sibling. But basically, there's this cryptic... Oh, uh, like, we're going to oh, have, like, a sleepaway camp situation? She's dead. She's oh, dead. Boy. Ooh, I hope so. Um, so then we uh, then we meet Corey, who is our main character. He's a gymnast in high school. He sees Anna... Um, in school and instantly is obsessed with her. She's like super pale and pretty. No one else seems to see her. Wink, wink. Um, uh, Other people do because Lisa knew who she was. Other people see her, but like But like no one knows where she came from. Yeah, like no one knows She just like showed up one day. Yeah. And she like, and she keeps disappearing, you know, like she'll like be there and he'll like look away and like look back and like Batman, she's gone. Um, Corey's best friend is Lisa. She is very obviously in love with him. Um, and she's very <laughs> jealous of Anna because he won't stop. Literally, all that happened last time is Corey saw Anna, asks about Anna, is obsessed with Anna, tells Lisa he's obsessed with Anna. She gets pissed off. There's literally a point where... Uh, a tale oh, is all this time. Yeah. Oh, uh, Anna. An- so Anna lives on Fear Street, the titular nice. Fear Street. Um, so so this is boy falls in love with ghost girl that likes boy is pissed off about it girl who's a ghost doesn't know she's a ghost probably probably uh, yeah. and it turns out Senator Palpatine was Darth whatever the fuck <laughs> the whole time. Sidious Sidious yeah. Um, yeah there is a moment where they were having like a block party and like all the parents were outside like drinking and like eating and like Corey went over to hang out with Lisa to watch a movie and she was oh, ugh, yeah. like. So uh, no, uh, trying to. Her parents were over party. his it was house. Like cribbage or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, her parents were over his house, and they were like, "Yeah, what? Why don't you go see what she's doing at our house with no chaperones?" Like all the parents so are we like, can eh, join Corey, our families." Eh? Yeah, like eh? Eh? everyone knows, but you. And then he goes, "We'll over turn to up the radio with her," and she's like <laughs> leaning in, basically, and he's just like, "So, what do you think Anna's like?" Um, Does like the whole knee touch thing? Yeah. And so I'm Fear gonna go back and totally read this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so Fear Street is apparently just like a cursed street. It's known and in like, town, yeah. It's known for people disappearing and spooky stuff, and there's like woods behind it or something. It's named Fear Street after the Fears, who uh, are an old family, and Simon <laughs> Fears Mansion is on Fear Street, <laughs> all boarded oh, up. And Jason, you okay, haven't heard yet. So, the town's called Shady Side. Oh yes, nice. Shady Side. Oh yeah. Okay, but before right, I like buy a house in Shady Side, can you tell me how the water pressure is on Fear Street? Because <laughs> that, that will factor into my decision whether I uh, up and leave. <laughs> How's the water pressure on Fear Street? Scary good. 
<laughs> nice. Thank you. Thank you. So Dis- let's... Disturbingly <laughs> strong. All right. I'm going to jump right into this. What's funny is that we spent so long finally getting to the point where we're reading that it stopped thunderstorming outside. It was thunderstorming. It was very atmospherically appropriate. And now it's... Uh, go back and loop it. I'll loop. I'll, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put like dark scary noises under this probably. Yeah, we'll do it in post. Fully sound. Um, chapter six. More harpsichord. Oh, right, right, right. So what happened last time... I didn't even write this part down, but I, I, I read. Oh, yeah. He um, he basically like borrowed a car to drive to Fear Street to find her house. Because he had like, called her house, Anna's, to like talk to her, but... But it was that Every whole... time he calls, it's really spooky. Yeah. He's he... like, Anna, Anna, why would you call Anna? Why would Ooh. you? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, the whole, like, Anna's been dead for years. That, Except that they whole... haven't just yeah. said that yet. Yeah. Anna, she's been dead for 10 years. Oh, you mean <laughs> and then... the old dead girl? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or, like, like you keep getting a phone call from someone, and then you, like, follow the phone line, and it had been knocked down in a storm, and it's laying across a grave. Yeah. I read a short story like that, which now doesn't translate, because kids don't understand what that technology. But when I read that, I was like... <laughs> I'm never sleeping again. <laughs> like it was, um, it was intense. Corey drove to Fear Street to find her house, and then someone like okay. grabbed his arm. That was the last thing that happened. I and I do want to say, and I really don't want to get off on like another tangent, but I want to mention it to Jason because he wasn't here last time. In the last chapter, Corey got in his car to drive to Fear Street and was listening to the radio. And the DJ on the radio is like, "You're listening to blah blah blah, and we're playing 24 hours of the Beatles hits in alphabetical order." Isn't that a really weirdly specific like amount of time and way to play the Beatles? That and is expensive. that is going to. That it's going to yes, that it's going to come back into the story somehow. I We're lost hear my about entire glass... mind in anger. We like we. I think we stopped reading and we're just like we got to break this down. Like, what's the first? Like, what's? Well, and I think I said this <laughs> last episode, but I don't really remember. WTMD does a day like that every year, but they play it in chronological order, like sane fucking people. Not alphabetical order. That's in that's the, pic- the pixies. The pixies in the nineties, early ninety, like one would do their set list in alphabetical order. Because the last song would be Where Is My Mind. Oh. Well, well that also scans because the Pixies were, were ridiculous. Bizarre. Yeah. And and yeah. when John and Jason listen to this episode later, they will can be like, ah, oh, they mentioned the Pixies. Nice. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> All right. Nice. Um, chapter six. Corey cried out and spun out of the man's grasp. The man looked more startled than Corey. I don't remember a man. Uh, it's I'm just already who, lost. I guess it's just whoever grabbed his 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 shoulder. He's wandering around. So I'm just gonna do our old man voice. Sorry, didn't mean to scare you. Corey stared at him, <laughs> gasping for breath. His muscles tensed for a fight or for a fast escape. He was a tall, powerful-looking man. Fight or flight. Fight or flight. He was a tall, powerful-looking man <laughs> wearing a faded gray slicker and a battered old tennis hat. He had a dazed stubble of gray beard, and he smelled of stale cigarette smoke, just like your uncle's. No need to be frightened, he said. He had a high-pitched voice for someone so big. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear it. Oh. Uh, wh- why do you... Corey was still too out of breath to talk. <sighs> he backed up for another few steps, relaxing a little bit, but still eyeing the man warily. I saw you stop your car, the man said, pointing back in the direction of Corey's car. I lived down the street. I was, <laughs> I was walking Voltaire. That's what? my dog. I thought you were maybe lost or in trouble, so I came after you. His dog's name is Voltaire. Oh, my God. Uh, 
Oh, okay. So you are now reading on a second page a yes. little bit. Yeah. If oh, yeah. The okay. sentence so you, you, you finish end. the sentence. Yes. Yeah. Finish okay. the sentence. Okay. <laughs> All right. I thought this was like one of those like Explain I got the, the wrong year of the textbook and, and <laughs> oh. like I'm just gonna perpetually be off. No. Okay. Cool. 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 Where's your dog? Corey asked suspiciously. The man frowned, seemingly annoyed by Corey's mistrust. Voltaire doesn't like strangers, he said slowly. He's very protective of his turf. I put him back in the house before I came to see if you needed help. Corey was beginning to breathe normally again, but he knew he couldn't relax his guard. His breathing should be more regulated because he's a gymnast. That's true. Agreed. There was something. <laughs> this, this is bullshit. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> bullshit. There is something strange about this neighbor, not just his appearance, but in his menacing stare, the way he kept looking Corey up and down, his face tight, expressionless. Car breakdown? The man asked. No, Corey said. Then what are you doing out here? You lost? Not exactly. I was looking for the Corwins. You found them, the man said, gesturing with his head toward the dark house. You know them? Well, not really. They're strange people. I wouldn't go up there uninvited, I don't think. The man scratched at his stubble. What do you mean, Corey shivered. He never felt so chilled in his life. Just that. Oh. Sparkling conversation. Fascinating. Oh, he got a Becca page. It's been so long. (laughs) This one's all dialogue, though. Usually it's just description. They stood staring at each other for a long moment. (laughs) They keep to themselves, mostly, the man said. He put his hands in his slicker pockets and turned back toward the street. If you're not lost or anything, guess I'll head back. Y- like he yes. just said he doesn't even know these people and he's wandering around at their house. That's more suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I mean, no, I, I'm fine. Thanks, Corey said uncertainly. He looked up to the Corwin house. A light flickered on in an upstairs window, as lights are prone to do. So, someone was home after all. <laughs> They're pretty strange folks. The man repeated, walking walking quickly now. He turned around. Walking quickly. (laughs) Of course, everyone's pretty strange on Fear Street. (laughs) He he chuckled as if he had just made a really good joke and slipped off into the darkness. I love him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hope he comes back. I can't wait to meet the dog named Voltaire. I want to know what his name is. Dante. (laughs) Corey waited to make sure the man was really gone then he turned and headed slowly toward the car he stopped and looked back to the house the light was still on in the second floor room all of that took up so much space on the page and it floors me (laughs) because it wasn't important at all (laughs) should he go up and knock on the door he'd come this far why not be brave why not just do it act now think later why did he always have to go back and forth like an American. think things out so carefully before he acted? <laughs> Besides, he'd have something good to tell David about later. He imagined how his friend would make fun of him if he told him he just stood at the end of the drive and stared at the house, not even with a boombox in his hands. He'd probably hear about it for weeks. The jokes would never stop. Okay, Corey, go for it. He began jogging up the Corwin's driveway as if to remind himself that he's an athlete. He jogged partly to get warm, partly because he knew he'd never go through with it if he didn't do it quickly. A gymnast learns he has to be aggressive, he told himself. What? He has to grab onto the rings and push himself where his body normally wouldn't go. Yeah, because you know that the defining characteristic of all gymnasts is that they are aggressive? Yes. 
<laughs> They're noted for their bravery. As a gymnast, Corey was quick and sure. But this wasn't gymnastics, this was life. He jumped onto the front porch, dodged past the overturned chair, slid on some long carpenter nails like that were just like parkouring up there? Yeah, like why did he like yeah. vault over it? Because <laughs> he's a gymnast. and weaving. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, slid on some long carpenter nails that were scattered over the porch floor oh and nearly crashed right into the front door. He steadied so himself, graceful. leaning against the shingled front of the house, located the doorbell, and, without hesitating, without giving himself a chance to back down, pushed it. I thought there was bongo noises when he skidded on the nails. <laughs> I, it was a slide whistle. <laughs> and then, oh, boom, he was at the door. Oh, fuck, uh, it's in the other room. Damn it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we should all be prop comics with, like, noisemakers and stuff. <laughs> anyway, uh, he didn't hear it ring inside the house, and he pushed it again. He straightened his sweatshirt, pushed back his hair with one hand. The bell didn't make a sound. It must be broken. He knocked, lightly at first, then harder. Silence. He cleared his throat, practiced a smile, and knocked again. That's this time insane. he heard yeah, footsteps. Yeah, this is nuts. Yeah. Cleared his throat, practice a smile. You know, like humans. <laughs> and he knocked again. This time he heard footsteps. Someone hurrying down a stairway. The door opened a crack. No light poured out. The house was dark inside. An eye stared out at Corey. The door opened a little wider. Two eyes stared suspiciously out. The porch light flickered on, casting a pale yellow glow on the porch and front lawn. A young man stood in the doorway. He had a very round face with puffy, round cheeks. His blue eyes were small and watery and set close to his bulby, rounded nose. Ugh, he's all flesh and blue. Ew. Ew. Dis dis despite the fact that he appeared to be quite young, in his early 20s most likely, his blonde hair was thinning, revealing a lot of forehead. Jesus he was Christ. very bad to look at. <laughs> I suffer from that Jack disease. <laughs> <laughs> It was tossed messily over his head. A rhinestone earring sparkled in one ear. What the fuck? He stared at Corey for a long time without saying anything. Corey stared back uncomfortably, taking all of him in. <laughs> Finally, he said, Hi, I'm Corey Brooks. Is Anna home? The young man's watery eyes grew wide. His mouth twitched once in surprise. Uh, okay, I'm trying to think of what his voice should be, because it's a new person. Well, no, uh, read the sentence after the, uh, the, the... Oh, quote. shit, yeah, okay. Anna, what do you know about Anna? His voice was raspy, as if he had a bad sore throat. I, uh, I, I go to Shadyside, too. Shadyside? What's Shadyside? The young man said, and then coughed for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Holding tightly onto the front door, a wheezing smoker's cough. Um, it's the high school, Corey said when the young young man finally stopped coughing. He's young. He sounds Remember. awful. He's got a lot of city miles on him. Um, I met Anna in school this week and- That's impossible! The man interrupted, hitting the door frame with his fist. He glared at Corey. His eyes seemed to glow red in the porch light. No, really. I- You didn't meet Anna in school! Anna isn't in school! Yes, she is, Corey insisted. She- You the one who called! Well, yes, I- Anna is dead! The young man rasped. Don't come here again! Anna is dead! That's all caps. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> 
Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Chapter 7. He didn't remember driving home. He remembered staring into the young man's watery eyes. He remembered the long, awkward silence, the pain on the young man's face. He remembered the words. They repeated in his head over and over like a record stuck in the same groove. Anna is dead. Anna is dead. Every... <laughs> Remix. <laughs> wicked, wicked. Anna is dead. Anna is dead. <laughs> Fuck it. He remembered uttering some kind of apology. <laughs> Sorry. That was it. That was all he could say. Sorry. How stupid. How meaningless. But it's wh- almost like you acted first without thinking. <laughs> yes. Like a gymnast would. <laughs> but what else can he say? Then he remembered the scowl on the young man's puffy face, (laughs) the shadows closing over him as the front door slammed shut, and Corey remembered running to his car, running to safety with the words following him, Anna is dead, Anna is dead. He couldn't run fast enough to leave the words behind. He remembered the chill, wet air on his face, the crunch of dry brown leaves beneath his sneakers, the sharp twig that cut his ankle as he ran. I wonder if that will come up later or if that's just a thing we needed to know. Stay away from Fear Street, he told himself. It's right there in the name. (laughs) What were you doing on Fear Street so late at night? The stories are all true, and now you are one of them. He remembered how his hand trembled as he tried to get the key into the ignition, and he remembered his panic when the car wouldn't start. He said he didn't fucking remember this. He's remembering a lot. It's all coming back later. (laughs) Then the motor had kicked over and he had sped away. He remembered the jogger that he hit on the way home. Also, uh, the listener's probably familiar with this, but Jason might not be. R.L. Stein likes to uh, repeat exactly what happened on the previous page. Like a lot. Like a lot. Cool. That this whole thing just reminds me of, I guess I forgot to put the fog lights in. And then, boom, he hits Flanders. <laughs> then the motor had kicked over and he had sped away, his hands gripping the wheel as if it were a lifesaver in a storm-tossed ocean. But he didn't remember the drive home. It was a blur of swirling yellow headlights and black roads. And he didn't remember sneaking back into the house. I want to know what Beatles silently... song was on by the That's time he got That's what I was just in. thinking, too. Like, what were they up to? Was it one of the ones where they insinuate Paul's dead? (laughs) You mean all of them? (laughs) And he didn't didn't remember sneaking back into the house or silently tiptoeing up the stairs to his room or getting undressed and climbing into bed. Oh my god. Very descriptive for shit he didn't remember. Fucking night. Beat by beat. (laughs) He just remembered the young man's narrow, watery eyes. The pain in those eyes. Pain mixed with hatred. And the words, Hannah is dead! Hannah is dead! He didn't fall asleep until after four in the morning. And then it was a light sleep. A fitful sleep filled with floating faces he didn't recognize and tilting car (laughs) headlights that sometimes seemed to be heading right at him and sometimes seemed to shine right through him. On Monday morning, he skipped breakfast and hurried to school to look for Anna. He got there early, 20 minutes before the first bell would ring. You know, like when buses would show up. He waited by her locker. (laughs) There were a few other kids down the hall. They seemed to be yawning at each other, leaning against their lockers as if they would fall over if they didn't. He tried opening Anna's locker, but the combination lock wouldn't budge. He sat cross-legged on the floor and waited. After a while, the corridor became noisy and crowded as kids arrived. 
Some of them said hi to Corey as they walked past. Mm -hmm. What are you doing down there? Uh, who's Arnie? Oh, he's a he's he's like a newsy. He's the newsy. Oh, you're right. Okay. What are you doing down there, Brooks? <laughs> Arnie just asked as he lumbered through the door. Just sitting, Corey told him. The answer seemed to be enough for Arnie. He swung his book bag at Corey, trying to knock him over, <laughs> like boys do. Corey dodged away, and Arnie laughed <laughs> and stomped down the hall. Where is Anna? Anna is dead. Anna is a ghost. Called it. But there are no such things as ghosts. But her locker was real. He spun the dial and pulled at the lock again, and the bell rang. He climbed to his feet. He felt as if he weighed 400 pounds. He hadn't been able to sleep for two nights in a row. The hallway was emptying quickly. Kids were hurrying to their homerooms, and he had to hurry too. He had already been late twice this term and didn't want to get detention. But where was Anna? She wasn't coming today. Of course she wasn't coming today. Anna was dead. <laughs> but he had seen her with his own eyes. He had talked to her. He made it to homeroom just as the bell rang. The rest of the morning was a struggle to keep his eyes open. Luckily, none of his teachers called on him in any of his classes. They know better, because he's a terrible student. In fact, no one seemed to notice he was there. Maybe I'm becoming a, a ghost, too, he told himself. <laughs> he's on a sports team. He's off limits. <clears throat> he looked for, <laughs> he looked for Anna pass. in the hallway between classes, but he didn't see her, just like a ghost. Just before lunch, he ran into Lisa as they were depositing their book bags in their locker. I have a theory. Yes. I bet it's like the sister that killed Anna uh -huh. is now like locked up in their attic like Jane Eyre because she's so crazy. Okay. But she and, escapes and like, goes to But then she school. escaped and she's like trying to live Anna's life because Anna was so perfect. I have a theory and I don't know how Damn, it plays out. that's dark. But <laughs> it just feels like an appropriately stupid twist for this type of thing. Like I have a theory Corey's dead. That is. Oh. Well, like I just keep imagining... It's very complicated. Oh yeah, like the others. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just keep I just keep imagining that uh, the narrator is Craig from uh, Parks and Rec. That guy. <laughs> you, did you? Billy Eichner. Who's like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like, but he had seen her with his own eyes. He had talked to her. Like, oh, oh, she God. drove me here. She drove me. <laughs> he made it to homeroom just as the bell rang. I would yeah. listen to Can any audiobook narrated by oh Billy Eichner. That would be amazing. It's very, it's like, so outraged. It's like Jason, Fred. please tell me you've seen Billy on the street. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. good. It's, um, uh, oh my god, why can't I think of his name? I have a heart, Billy don't Eichner? I? No, not Billy oh. Eichner. The fucking guy from the B-52s. Oh. Fred Schneider. Fred Schneider. Fred Schneider. Fred Schneider. It's, he's like Fred Schneider adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> Fred Schneider's two sing song. He'd be like, maybe I'm becoming a ghost too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That would be great. I that's would like the two of them to have a conversation. <laughs> I've decided. Uh, that could be a sketch, but I don't want to do it. All right. Jackie it would just, just be like, hello, I'll just shut parts, up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Lisa, uh, was Anna Corwin in physics class this morning? He asked her eagerly. Good morning to you too, babe. Lisa said sarcastically. <laughs> oh, sorry. Good morning, Lisa. Was Anna Corwin in physics this morning? <laughs> she angrily slammed her locker shut. No! Oh, Corey tossed his book back into his locker. He didn't see the annoyed look on Lisa's face or pick up on any of the other fucking hints that she had ever shown him in her entire life. She wants his dick. Then I guess she was absent. <laughs> You're a real Sherlock Holmes. Lisa said, shaking her head. She jammed the lock shut and started to walk away. But then she changed her mind and came back to the locker because she just can't say no to him. 
What's your problem anyway, babe? I was hoping she would yell at him more. <laughs> problem? How did Lisa know he had a problem? Is, is he that unobservant? Uh, I don't know. Why are you acting so weird? I'm not acting weird. I just started to make some excuse, but then he decided to tell her. He had to tell someone, and she was his oldest friend after all. As they walked down to the lunchroom, he told her about the rest of his Saturday night, starting with the alphabetical Beatles marathon. And I hope, I hope that the next page is all just her going like, "Oh, she's dead. Good." <laughs> like now, now she's turning into the target lady in my head. Oh my god! Yeah, target lady. It's Sanders. It, it's a real struggle for me to not do Luffy Space Princess when I'm trying to do a share voice. Ah, uh, yeah, they're very close. He told her how he drove to Fear Street, how he knocked on the door, how the strange-looking young man told him Anna was dead. Lisa listened to the story in silence, her face drawn in a tight frown of disapproval. But when Corey finished talking, the anger disappeared, replaced by concern. <clears throat> Something's wrong here, she said softly, following him into the lunch line. A lot is wrong here, Corey exclaimed. I can't stop thinking about... I think you got the wrong house, she interrupted. She smiled, pleased with her idea. What are you talking about? That's it. You got the wrong house. You woke this guy up, so he decided to play a mean joke on you. Lisa watched for Corey's face to brighten, waited for him to realize that her theory was a good one, but his only reaction was a weary sigh. Get real, he muttered gloomily. I didn't have the wrong house. Fucking dick. Ugh. You don't know for sure, she insisted. Lisa, you can do better. She, right? She's in on, on it. Lisa. <laughs> You don't know for sure, she insisted, although she could see this theory wasn't going to go over. What did you think you were doing anyway? She asked, poking him in the ribs the way she'd been doing it since they were kids. That was a weird sentence. Why are you driving to this girl's house in the middle of the night? Why are you looking for her all day? Why are you so obsessed with Anna Corwin? There are other girls in the world, you know. As we've all been trying to tell him. Uh. He... He didn't say anything. He seemed to be staring right past her. Corey, did you hear a word I said? Yeah, sure. He answered quickly, still not looking at her. You said the guy in the doorway was playing a mean joke on me. Anna is dead. Some joke. Bye, Corey, babe. <laughs> she gave him an exaggerated handshake and started to leave. What about lunch? Handshake? I'm not hungry anymore. Hey. You want to walk home after school? But also, if I could turn back time, we wouldn't have had this conversation, babe. <laughs> Can't, he called to her. Monday's the day I work in the office. A lot of kids do what? clerical work after school in the <laughs> office. It's just answering your what? what? Can, I got the night shift at the smelting yeah, plant. Yeah, the office? I gotta, I gotta put guess- a shift in down at the plant. <laughs> what? <laughs> the pay wasn't too bad and the work was easy. Mostly dittoing and filing. What the he fuck wa- is dittoing? Making copies. See, I you remember didn't have when dittos? I remember having dittos. I remember things <gasps> being called dittos, but I never thought of that as a verb. A part of my brain just activated. I forgot I about that. Oh yeah, yeah. Dittos were did just you ever like see, Did you ever see the machine? Of. It no. was like this round drum with this crazy ass chemical in it, and it would transfer to each paper, and they had to crank it, and then you'd get this wet stack. Oh, is that like because... all this shitty purple ink? Yeah, and you everybody would take their sheet. Huff it, put it back, because it, it was like it was like xylene or some shit. It was insane. Yeah. And then because wow. because I was the art kid, if there there would always be like three blank clumped sheets together somewhere randomly in it, and they'd hand it to me and make me draw something funny, like draw a dick, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah. okay, love me. But it was school specific, <laughs> like it's school specific slang. 
Like it, St. Uh, Mary's probably still has dittos. Well, <laughs> it's, just, shit. it's just dittos became copies, like from a Xerox yeah. machine, yeah. and they just kept calling them dittos. Because yeah. even in my school, oh, really? when I was in public school, they were called dittos. Like, okay, but does, they were, that, but does they were everyone zero. have a ditto? Yeah, that's funny. That's that's an old school teacher refusing to. I haven't heard the word ditto in like twenty years. He watched her make her way through the crowded lunchroom to the double doorways that led to the hall, completely oblivious to the fact that she was a female. (laughs) Why had she accused him of acting weird? She'd been acting pretty weird herself. He decided so temperamental, always so angry at him. Why? What had he done to her? Puberty. Nothing, Corey. You've done nothing to her, and that's, that's the, the problem. problem. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, an idea formed in his head. The office. Of course, why hadn't he thought of it before? The office. After school, Breaking in the office, files. he would be able to answer all oh. his questions. He got out of the lunch line and started toward the door. He decided to go outside and get some air, maybe walk a bit. He wasn't feeling hungry, either. Corey's fingers were purple. They always were after he used the ditto machine, as Jason just explained. And the purple stayed on for days. Why do schools still use these ridiculous old-fashioned machines, he wondered. He said that? You never saw ditto machine? He said that. Yeah. So I guess they were old. They they were old old even then. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, It's interesting, though, because I have a couple dittos from Grandpa's files, like NSA shit, and it's probably from the 70s. It's probably from, like, the... I remember did those in the seventies. It might be as old as the sixties. That's nuts. It was weird. Well, I'm gonna totally Google that dumb shit. Yeah, when like when was Xerox invented? Uh, Xerox Park. I want to say seventy four. Shit, that's so dumb to know. I, I don't know. <laughs> also, um, <laughs> at the same point in every time we record this, right when I'm in the middle of a page, my brother texted me. <laughs> right on time. Right on time. <laughs> yeah, spooky. You should, you should move to Fear Street. <laughs> You never saw ditto machines anywhere else but in schools. He finished dittoing the announcement about the faculty blood drive. He had other ditto to run off before his office chores were finished. Drink every time he says ditto. Yeah, right? Ditto. (laughs) Moving more quietly and sneakily than he really needed to. (laughs) He took two edibles and moved more quietly and sneakily than he really needed to. And then he made his way to the door of the inner office and peered in. The room was empty. He had overheard that Mr. Sewell, 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 Mr. Sewell, the principal, had left early with a toothache, and one of the secretaries was out sick. That only left Miss Markins, who was busily typing away in the outer reception area. The coast was clear, and he would probably stay clear, and would probably stay clear. He slipped into the inner office and pulled the door nearly shut. His hand went for the light switch, but then he realized it might be a bad idea. Miss Markins was sure to notice it. She was known for noticing light. <laughs> he crept over to the principal's desk in the center of the small office. Framed photographs of Mr. Sewell's two sons seemed to stare at him disapprovingly. Corey walked silently around the desk to get to the object of his search. Against the back wall were the gray filing cabinets. They contained the permanent records of every student at Shadyside. These were the sacred permanent records, the secret files you could make a success in the world or destroy your life forever. At least, that's what most Shadyside High students were led to believe. (laughs) I'm sorry, but this will have to go on your permanent record. If a teacher or Mr. Sewell ever said that to you, you knew you were doomed forever. What a lie. (laughs) Whatever it was, whatever crime you had committed, whatever error you had made would follow you for the rest of your life. There it would be (laughs) in your permanent 
Record. Corey ran his hands over the I, first. In all the resumes I've had to read in the last year, I've seen a lot of people put their high school GPA Oof. on there, and I'm just like, come on. Are like, you no, kidding? No one cares. Why, who would ever care about that? I no one cares, man. I barely Those care fools. about your college I'm, GPA. I'm so old that, like, the first 12 jobs I had aren't even fucking, like, worth mentioning. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Jesus, who gives a shit? No <laughs> so one. they didn't have electricity in your first 12 jobs. Right, exactly. Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Corey ran his hand over the first row of file drawers, quickly scanning the little identification cards in the front. Just being in the same room with the permanent records made him nervous. The fact that he had no business in there and that he'd have to do some fast explaining if he were caught made him so nervous. So nervous. So nervous. <laughs> Is he gonna talk like that? He could barely read the ID cards. He stopped for his. He stopped his search for a second and held his breath and listened. Miss Markins was still typing away. Phew. He allowed himself to breathe once again. And it sounded like this. <laughs> but he had to be careful <laughs> those highly acute, unmarried ears. <laughs> I'm just picturing that she's like a velociraptor or something with like extra sensitive like hearing and like sight. Oh, I I I am envisioning the secretary from Ferris Bueller. Ah. <laughs> like, no, and it makes you look like a whatever. <laughs> he holds the phone up to her and she's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, 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 just a second. <laughs> uh, Nine times. <clears throat> I can't believe I'm doing this. What What am I doing in here? He asked himself, stooping low and pulling out a long file drawer on the bottom row. He knew the answer to that question because he had decided to do this thing. He was going to take a look at Anna Corwin's permanent record. Did you read the last couple pages, or are you just jumping in right here? Because that's what's going on. He was going to find out the truth about her. He was going to find out everything he could about her. You know, like a stalker. His fingers <laughs> sifted quickly through the files. He knew this wasn't right. He knew it was crazy behavior. He knew he never did things like this, at least before Anna. He never did things like this. Footsteps. He took a deep breath. He listened for her typing, but it had stopped. He dived under Mr. Sawal's desk just as she <laughs> just as she entered the room. Safe, he told himself. Or was he? Had she heard him in there? He almost cried out. He had left the file drawer open. If she saw it, she'd know he'd been in there. She stood behind the desk. Her legs were three inches from his face. Ooh. For a second, he imagined Hot. reaching out and grabbing her <laughs> knees just to see how loud she'd scream. Just for a laugh. That's assault, brother. <laughs> <laughs> a last laugh before they took him away. Yeah. Suspended him forever. Put it all in his permanent record. Hot. <laughs> he, <laughs> he held his breath. It seemed as if he'd been holding it ever since he sneaked into the office. She was leaning over the desk, writing something. Leaving a note for Mr. Sewell, most likely. I can't believe I'm sitting here under Mr. Sewell's desk, he told himself silently. But Anna's face flashed into his mind again, and he heard the words of the strange young man at the doorway of her house, and he remembered why he was there. She just remembered ten seconds ago. Also, Miss Markins finished her note and walked out of the office without noticing the open file drawer. As soon as he heard her resume her With typing... breath on her knees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Corey darted out from under the desk and returned to the file drawer, moving his hands quickly through the seas. What would Anna's file tell him? What truths would it reveal about this beautiful girl who had so completely taken over his thoughts? Corn! 
Cornerman. Corn. 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 Is someone's last name just Corn? Is that what this is implying? Hi, I'm corn, Bob Corn. Gary Corn. <laughs> oh, really? I'm Are Bob you a corn. farmer? What do you plant? Potatoes. <laughs> His hands move quickly, Maze. pushing the files back. At last, Maze. corn wall, core wood. Core with. Why are there so many corn? Wait a minute. I know. How many kids fucking go to Corn Willibur. Corn Wallace. Corn Wallace. Corn Wallace. Cornington. All right. So just to explain the Jason real quick, when there's pages like this, we just keep going to the next one when there's that little on one page. Page Okay. Or the next one. No, he's explaining it to me. It wouldn't scroll. I tried to scroll, oh, and it It's side scroll. by side now. What? I changed it. You fucked me he up. He went back through up. the last five or six. <laughs> then he moved forward nine or ten more. He hadn't missed any, and none of them were filed out of order. The files went from Cornwall to Cornwood. There was no file for anyone named Anna Corwin. Chapter 8. Timber, look at that guy go down. Arnie's voice boomed over the cheers of the crowd. He's too tall, David cried. He's seven feet tall. He's just a freshman. He's still growing, Arnie added. I don't remember what any of the voices are. They looked over at Corey, who was staring straight across the gymnasium. Hey, Brooks, Earth calling Brooks, David shouted right in his ear. But Corey didn't respond. The shady side cheerleaders did a quick routine during the timeout. Then the basketball game resumed. It wasn't much of a game. Westerville, with its seven-foot freshman center, was running the shady side cougars off the floor. Their only consolation is that he wouldn't live long due to his enlarged heart. They have only one play. Toss it to the big guy, David observed. I'd like to toss it to that cheerleader on the end. And by it, I mean my dick? Wait, Arnie shouted that? loud yeah. enough for half the auditorium to hear. Oh man, what a fox! <laughs> David and Arnie both waited for Corey to add his opinion, but he didn't say anything. He looked at them as to seem them for the first time. Good game, huh? He said, forcing a smile. What game are you watching? Arnie snapped. We're losing by 20 points! And the game isn't as close as the score, David added. He and Arnie burst into riotous laughter, slapping each other high five. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Yeah. The weak, forced smile faded from Corey's face, and he turned and started surveying the auditorium again. You're a lot of laughs these days, Brooks, Arnie said, reaching across <laughs> David to punch Corey as hard as he could on the shoulder. Oh, I'm going down to get a coke. He pushed his way down the aisle and disappeared around the sides of the bleachers. You feeling okay? David asked. He had to ask it twice before Corey finally heard him. Yeah, I'm fine. Well, how come you missed practice this afternoon? I don't know. I just forgot, I guess. Wilmer was furious. That's the second practice you missed this week, Corey. And the Friday practice is the most important, especially since we have a meet tomorrow. I'm just doing jock voices. I yeah, no, this it's guy. Perfect. It's perfect. Holy shit. I know, Corey said, sounding annoyed. Just give me some slack, David. You're not my mother. Hey. David looked really hurt. <laughs> I'm your teammate, aren't I? I'm your friend, aren't I? So... I so you want told Arnie's me. voice to be Arnold. <laughs> oh, Arnold. From Hey Arnold? No, oh, uh, Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. Oh. Okay. We can change it. I like that. Ding. What's your, what's your problem, Brooks? Oh, nothing. Just the crowd roared. All around them, people jumped to their feet. Something had obviously gone shady side's way, but David and Corey For had missed once. it. The cheerleaders came back to the floor. The bleachers were shaking under the deafening noise. Corey looked to the scoreboard. 
The Cougars were only behind by 15 now. That must explain Jeez. the excitement. <laughs> only behind by 15. <laughs> is this a sport where 15 is good? <clears throat> I don't think basketball is anyway. Basketball. Back from that. Yeah. You can come back from that pretty quick. Can you? Oh, okay. Cool. Nah, I don't fucking know. I was just like, like 15, 15 sounds like, like a lot. That sounds like seven goal baskets to me. <laughs> sounds like modern fucks. basketball, you can get like 90 fucking points. So like it's... <laughs> 15 it's... in baseball would be a lot. Yeah. We're hockey. It's the blonde girl, isn't it? David said when it became quiet <laughs> enough to talk. I guess, Corey shrugged. He didn't really want to get into any big discussion with David. David had a hard yeah, time with large like words. A, a real big discussion. <laughs> he felt bad. He really had forgotten about gymnastic practice. How is that possible? Was he really losing his mind over this girl? Yes, he was. <laughs> you going out with her? David asked. I haven't seen her, Corey said, looking across the basketball floor. What? You heard me. <laughs> I haven't seen her all week. I looked for her every day, like a stalker. But she hasn't been in school. And that's why you were acting like a zombie? Get off my case, Metcalf, Corey scowled. You're screwing up your gymnastics rating because of a girl you don't know that you haven't seen? <laughs> oh well, that makes sense to me. <laughs> Corey didn't say anything. Then he suddenly blurted out, I don't even know if she exists! He regretted saying it immediately. <laughs> it didn't make any sense that he knew it. And now he had given David even more of an opportunity to put him down and give him a hard time. All David's trying to do is be nice I to know. you. You're being a total dick. But to Corey's surprise, for some reason, David reacted with real concern. What do you mean, Brooks? You told me you saw her more than once. You told me you talked to her. You told me she's in Lisa's physics class. Physics class. You told me all this stuff about her because that's all you talk about these days. So what do you mean she doesn't exist? I work after school in the office on Mondays. You know. So Monday afternoon, I will never get used to the super short sentences. It throws me off oh, every yeah. time. But I also like that we're just in another situation where it's just like, well, I'm going to tell you Let's just describe what, what, just, what happened. just happened in the last chapter. Yeah. So Monday afternoon, I went into the permanent files and looked her up. There was no file for her. David looked shocked, but not for the reason Corey imagined. You, you can get into the files, he cried. Great. What does mine say about me? I didn't. I'll give you 10 bucks to look at my file. Better than that. I'll pay you back the 10 bucks I owe you. That's so much worse. No. David. No deal, Corey said disgustedly. You don't understand. I went to her house last week and this guy said... The crowd groaned. Loud boos echoed off the tile walls. Corey's eye caught the scoreboard. Shadyside was losing by 22. No. Aw. Arnie pushed his way back into the row and plopped down beside David. That guy's too tall, he said. He had spilled coke down the front of his sweatshirt. What? They gotta raise the baskets. What is happening? Or lower the floor, David said, and they both began to howl. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Corey stood up. Guess I'm going, he told him. This is a drag. You're a drag, Arnie said, grinning. <laughs> <laughs> She's a transfer student, isn't she? David said, pulling Corey back down to the bench. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe her file hasn't been sent over from another school yet. David was smart. Maybe he was right. But Corey didn't really believe it. It was November already. 
How long did it take to transfer files? Lisa's Is he talking about that weird blonde girl again? Yeah. Ar Arnie boomed, leaning over David to shout right in Corey's face. <laughs> what have you been doing to her? <laughs> Must be pretty good or you wouldn't be missing practice so much. <laughs> Arnie laughed as if he had just said the funniest thing ever spoken. Corey just shook his head wearily. He realized he must seem pretty weird to his two friends, who are also really weird. He seemed pretty weird to himself. He'd never been haunted by so haunted by someone this way before. He'd never had anything that he couldn't shut out of his mind, that he couldn't force himself to stop thinking about. He had always been in control of his thoughts. And now, now, was he out of control? Was he finally hitting puberty? See you guys later, he said, and quickly headed the other way down the road so they couldn't pull him back. The crowd groaned, then groaned again. The small contingent of Westerville fans across the floor was cheering wildly. It looked like a bad night for the Cougars. A bad night for everyone, Corey thought. He had searched the bleachers row by row for Anna, but she wasn't there. He climbed into his car, shivering against the chill. After three tries, he got it started. He thought about maybe getting a new fucking car. <laughs> he drove around aimlessly for a while, headed down Park Drive, and then across Hawthorne to Mill Road. It was an easier road to take. You should maybe not go on Elm. But anyway, I digress. The streets were empty. Most houses were already dark. And he turned on the radio, but no one was playing any music that he liked. Except all this Beatles shit. So he clicked it off. He realized he was very tired, and he hadn't slept well all week. He spun the car around and headed home. He was asleep when the ringing phone woke him. He squinted at the alarm clock. It was 1.30 in the morning. His hand knocked the receiver off the phone, and he fumbled around until he grabbed it up. Um, hello? Stay away from Anna! What? The voice on the other end was a hoarse whisper, so quiet he could barely make out the words. Stay away from Anna! <laughs> the strange voice whispered slowly and distinctly, each word filled with menace. She's dead. She's a dead girl. Stay away from her, you'll be next! Do I read the next yeah, one? Yeah, go ahead and read the next one. Go for it. <clears throat> okay. Chapter 9! I like how at the beginning of this book we were like, Anna's dead, I, I bet she's dead, and now they're just like, she's dead. <laughs> like, also, we've got a uh, lot left to read in this book. She, she's Your dead. line read of chapter 9 was perfect. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, Corey suddenly felt very cold climbed out of bed and walked in darkness over to his bedroom window. He checked to make sure the window was closed, and then he reached down and he felt the radiator. Heat was coming up full blast. He stood there for a long while, trying to get rid of the chill, staring out at the silent stillness of his backyard, lit only by a pale half-moon. The voice on the phone still whispered in his ears. Corey reached up and pulled his black curls hard, trying to make the harsh whispers disappear, trying to make the threatening words stop repeating in his mind, but it didn't work. Realizing his chill came from the inside, oh, Corey stepped away from the inside. Corey stepped away from the radiator, tripping over a pair of sneakers he had left in the center of the room, and made his way back to bed. Someone had threatened his life, had they? Wait, I stepped away <laughs> well, for a yeah, minute. Can you sum up in one sentence what I missed? Uh, he went home. Someone called him and said Anna's dead, and, and oh, he said, and said, said you'll be next. Oh. oh, okay. Someone said Anna's dead. Stay away, or you'll be next. Okay. I forgot already that they said that. Um, someone had threatened his life. Someone knew where he lived. Someone knew how to reach him. Someone knew him and knew 
he was interested in anime. Well, he called like anime. 80 times. Yeah. Did they have Star 69 back then? He hasn't really been like super yeah, sneaky about any of this either. Well, maybe. He's basically just been like running around town going like, Anna, is it, can, yeah. do, do, do you know her? I'm obsessed. Anna. Does Star 69 still exist now? I don't know. Probably not. Maybe for landlines. Maybe. I was thinking about that the other day. Someone wanted to make sure he stayed away from Anna. But who? Was it one of his friends playing a joke? No. This was no joke. This was for real. The whispers were filled with true menace. True hatred. The threat was Lisa. sincere. It was probably <laughs> Lisa. Stay away from Anna or you'll be dead too. Who was it? The strange, puffy-cheeked young man who answered the Corwin's door? That was so strange looking with his watery eyes and his big round features that were weird. Maybe. It was the kindly old innkeeper. <laughs> it was old man Jenkins who runs the amusement park. <laughs> it was hard to tell from whispers. Hard to tell if it was a man or a woman. Corey closed his eyes tight and he tried to drive the whispers from his mind. He felt a little warmer now, but he was still far from sleep. He turned onto his side, and then he slid over onto his other side, and then he tried sleeping on his stomach, and then he tried on his back, and then he tried putting a pillow between his legs. He tried his other side again. He tried flipping I feel from... attacked. <laughs> yeah, like both of us last night. We both had insomnia. Oh, boy. For some reason, he found himself... You should probably take some melanin. <laughs> For some reason, he found himself thinking about the strange neighbor who had stopped him that night on Fear Street. He had been thinking about the man all week. I just, I can't get over the fact that, like, the street's called Fear Street and no one is ever just like, that's fucked up. Well, like, the street's called Fear Street. I mean, they, Let's just rename it. <laughs> I think it's weirder that it's it's well known that so many fucked up things happen, like disappearances. Yeah. But. Why are there so many killings on Murder Street? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, just imagine if there was a street in our neighborhood where people kept disappearing and there were just, like, ghosty sounds and horrible things. Wouldn't you fucking move away? <laughs> Wouldn't you move away, or but like, also, like, but double down, like, also, like that street's called Fear Street. That's like, like nuts. Most it would be, like, Miracle on 30th 30... floor, just to make sure. Yeah. 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 Like, it would be, like, Miracle they... on 34th Street, but at Halloween, it would be bananas. Mm. <laughs> like, they could have, they could really spin it. All right, oh, man, yeah. I miss trick-treating. Um, blah, 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 off your street. He had been thinking about that man all week, picturing his worn gray slicker, his stubbled face, the menacing way he had stared at Corey, the fact that his dog's name was Voltaire. He said he was a neighbor, but why was he directly outside the Corwin's house so late at night? He had claimed to be walking his dog, Voltaire, but Corey had seen no dog. He had not seen Voltaire. And why had the no man... Because Voltaire's going to tear him up, like... <laughs> Probably a scary... He said he was territorial. Yeah. And why had the man warned what? Corey to stay away from the Corwins? Was What's he... Voltaire's voice going to be, Jonathan? <laughs> I don't know. Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> I'm Voltaire! Bark! 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 <laughs> and why... Give me liberty or give me death! <laughs> and why had the man warned Corey to stay away from the Corwins? Was he warning Corey... Or threatening him. There's too many. I only just ORs. realized how dumb it is that his name's Corey and her last name's Corwin. Corey, Corwin, warning Corey. Warning Corey. Tongue twister. 
Uh, Corey forced the man's face out of his mind, and he decided to think about Anna instead, and then masturbate. Those clear blue <laughs> eyes, bright as a doll's, the dramatically red doll's lips on the eyes. pale ivory skin. Dead. Black like a doll's eyes. <laughs> oh, that's you. Oh. Sorry. I was How just keeping dare it. You. I was just keeping it. Can have it. <laughs> he remembered the dream where she was kissing him again and again. The wet dream. The phone rang. He was still wide awake, but it startled him, making him jump straight out of bed. He picked up the receiver at the beginning of the second ring. Hello? The word came out choked and dry. Corey, is that you? A tiny (laughs) voice, very faint. Yes. His heart was pounding so hard he could barely get a word out. Can you help me, Corey? He had spoken to her only once, but he recognized her soft, almost childlike voice. It's me, Anna. Anna Corwin. Oh, no. I fucked up. I skipped to the next page, and then when I went back again, there's a giant black square on it. So, like, right under where I was reading. So, I don't know what to do about that. Um, well, intermission. Intermission over. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. You're Smooth welcome. recovery. I know, he said. <laughs> then he felt terribly foolish. How would he know that she would be the one calling him in the middle of the night unless he had been thinking of nothing but her for weeks? I need you to help me, she said, speaking rapidly, her voice just above a whisper. I don't know anyone else. You're the only one I've talked to. Can you help me? Was it Anna? Yeah, she called him. <gasps> she sounded so frightened, so desperately <laughs> frightened. Coughing from a ghost phone. Well, why was he hesitating? <laughs> was it because of the first whispered call telling him to stay away from her? Please, come quickly, she pleaded. <laughs> Meet me on the corner of Fear Street, just <laughs> past my house. The She's... corner of Fear Street and what? That's, that's, what? Fear Street and just past my house, duh. <laughs> she sounded frightened, but, oh God. She sounded frightened, but her tiny, breathy voice also made her sound very sexy. He also described her voice as childlike just a moment ago. Uh-oh. That's when it became a young adult novel. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> The chill Corey felt now wasn't entirely fear. Ew, it was fear mixed with excitement. It was His loins were chilled. His pants got tighter. He's so hard. <laughs> he looked across the room at his alarm clock. It was 1.37. Was he really seriously considering sneaking out and meeting this strange, frightened girl on Fear Street in the middle of the night? Fuck yes, he was. He was a teenager. <laughs> Hell yeah. Please. Gonna get some ghost shit going Please, on. Corey. She whispered. Now more enticing than frightened. I need you. Okay, he said, not recognizing his own voice. Not sure it was him saying the word. Hurry. She whispered, and the line clicked off. He listened to the silent phone for a few seconds, trying to figure out if he was awake or dreaming this. Had Anna Corwin really just called and begged him to meet her? Had he, he had been thinking about her, searching for her all week. Was it possible that she had been thinking about him at the same time? The idea was more than a little exciting. But why had she sounded so frightened, so frantic for him to come at once? Is it because he knew that she was into that? <clears throat> And why does um, she want him to I meet just, like, her out like on the street? Say, 
The Street. This was written by a Fear Street. Oh, wait, I just had to read that part. That's as this written. was written by a grown ass man. Yes, yeah. they right? all oh, yeah. Jesus. But I'm gonna read that whole part again because Sorry. it yeah, is yeah. art. And why did she want to meet him? Why does she want him to meet her out on the street? The street. Fear Street. <laughs> da, 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 da. Corey had started the to pull on his street. jeans without even thinking about it, but he stopped as he remembered where Anna lived, where she wanted to meet. Oh, where did she want to meet? Fear Street? It was just said, and you're now remembering it? I'm 16 years old, he told himself. I'm not a child. There's no reason for me to be afraid of a silly street. But he had to admit that the idea of waiting alone for someone on Fear Street in the middle of the night was pretty fucking frightening. He suddenly remembered another Fear Street story in the newspaper. This one from the previous spring. Two cars going in opposite directions on Fear Street late at night had collided head on. You know how A it Fear goes. Street resident... Yeah. A Fear Street resident heard the crash, ran out in his pajamas, and saw that both cars were filled with badly injured people. Some of them were unconscious. Some were pinned inside the crushed cars. And he ran back into his house and called the police. The police arrived less than ten minutes later, and they found the cars crushed together in the middle of the street. But both cars were empty. Bum, bum, there was bum. I'd rather read that. Bum. I know, that sounds better than this bullshit. There was dark blood on the seats and blood on the street. Which street? Blood on the seats, blood on the street. <laughs> Fear Street. <laughs> but all the passengers had disappeared without a trace, stumbled... and no sign of them was ever found. That reminds Six. me, like, I stumbled into something really weird and similar-ish to that one time when I was driving to work. I was taking a shortcut, and there's just, like, a little residential side street, and I turned onto it, and I saw a car in the other lane, like, the oncoming lane, the front of the car was fucking completely totaled and smashed. And then on the right side, there was a parked car that was totaled and smashed. And there was just a guy sitting there just like staring straight forward in the car in the oncoming. I told you about this. Yeah, it rings a bell, but it, it's still it weird. So, but like I stopped and I got out and I looked at the car on my side of the street and there was no one in it. And then I looked in his car and I just said like, hey, are you okay? Do you need me to call anyone? He was just like, no, I'm okay. Like, no, I'm fine. Fuck. I'm just like, okay. And then you turned around and, and you I just got back sign. in my car and drove away. I'm like. And it said Fear Street. <laughs> I don't. Fear Street. Like, he smashed. Like, I don't know. The logistics are hard to explain on a podcast. But it was like the car parked to my right was smashed in the parked spot, like parallel parked on the side of the street. Okay. His car was in the oncoming traffic lane in the normal lane. Like, did he just drive headfirst across to do a parked car and then back into his lane again? And then it's just, like, sitting there shell-shocked? Possibly. Like, he wasn't on his phone or anything. He was just sitting it, it was there. Probably and I was like, I'm car. gonna leave! <laughs> it was weird. Anyway. Yeah, it was probably an ex-girlfriend's car. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot but of No, effort. no, no, no. I, I, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm great. I totally didn't do that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that bitch gets. <laughs> But that's uh, all. Right. Where were we? There was dark blood on the seats, blood on the street. But all the passengers had disappeared without a trace. Eh, blood, blood, blood. No sign of them was ever found. Six people, six injured people who had been trapped inside of two cars vanished in less than ten minutes. That's a lot of Corey numbers. Corey finished getting dressed and he knew he had no choice. He had to go. He had to go to her. She needed him. 
Sneaking down the steps of the front hallway, he tripped in the darkness and nearly fell. <laughs> oh, he is pretty fucking clumsy. He's for a gymnast. gymnast. Oh, why did they just make him a tennis player? <laughs> yeah, he's a gymnast. You know why though? It's, it, here's why. It's because he doesn't have all that like white shit on his hands, so he like doesn't have. He just can't fucking. Yeah. So he's like he's just slipping all it's the time. It's also slippery. <laughs> Whoa! <Eat> the chunk. <laughs> Woo! He grabbed the banister and steadied himself, and hoping his parents hadn't heard. Taking a deep breath, he continued down the stairs. <laughs> you can do it, kid. He groped around until he found can. the car keys on the counter in the yeah. He groped around until he found the car keys on the counter in the entranceway, and he silently let himself out of the house. But all the white shit his... that's on his hands is just like cocaine, and when he doesn't have it, he's delirious <laughs> and sees he's like, his ghosts. <clears throat> all right. He zipped his down jacket against the cold and jogged to the car because he's very sporty. You see. He put the car in neutral and let it glide down the drive. That's on the gravel. Then he started it in the street, as far from the house as he could get. <coughs> Remember, was, his car's a piece of shit. Part, I was thinking, like, you idiot. Like, it doesn't matter how much noise you make on the steps. Like, they're going to hear your car. But then that happened. I was like, oh, okay, touche. <coughs> yeah. The most intelligent thing you've done so far. pretty good at sneaking around, he told himself. Why am I doing this? Because oh Anna is in trouble. Jonathan, you turned never down Mill Road and headed south towards street. Fear Street. Not to sneak away. <laughs> to jumpstart it. <laughs> um, he turned down Mill Road and headed yeah, south towards Fear Street. Fear Street. I said that. Clouds had covered the moon. <laughs> and the street lamps cast only dim light on this narrow old street. Fear Street. He put on the brights just in time to see a large gray animal scamper out onto the highway. Whump. There wasn't time to slow down. He killed an animal. What? A single oh, bump. No. Oh, Voltaire? A single bump told him <gasps> he had run over. No, no, Voltaire. Are you fucking kidding me? I don't know. We'll get there. Uh, he looked he in didn't the... get liberty. <laughs> he looked in the rearview oh, mirror. Voltaire. But couldn't. <laughs> you idiots. Voltaire's the ghost. It's Voltaire. He's been a ghost all along. He's been Voltaire the whole time. He looked in the rearview mirror, but Go couldn't see anything. He slowed for a few seconds and then decided to keep going. Nothing he could do about it now. He suddenly felt sick. What was it anyway? A raccoon? A badger? It's too big to be a rabbit. Badger? It might have been an opossum. He wondered <laughs> if it was stuck to his tire? Yuck. I think you'd hear it. Ugh. He Laughing forced himself around. to think about Anna instead. <laughs> All this thinking about hitting and killing an animal was really killing his boner. There were no other Ooh. cars on Mill Road. Anna, 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 Anna. He passed a few trucks going the other way, their headlights causing him to squint and look away. He was bad at driving at night. A swirling wind seemed to come up the moment he turned onto Fear Street. The wind pressed against the front of the car. The car held back as if it didn't want to go in there. Just like in Clue. Yeah. Oh, like, like a scared, scared horse. Yeah, like a scared horse. Why aren't you going? The car is scared. The inside of the windshield had steamed up and he struggled to see. Because he was breathing so hard. He slowed down as he passed Simon Fear's burned-out mansion. Bare trees rattled and, the cr and creaked in the wind, their low branches scraping at one another. He stopped and wiped the windshield with a rag he found in the glove compartment. Now the glass was smeared, but he could see a little better. He passed the Corwin's house. It was completely dark. 
He stopped and stared at it, looking for any sign of life, but there was none. Had the call been someone playing a joke? Had he driven here for nothing? No, it was Anna. He recognized her voice, and she sounded too frightened for it to be a joke. He pulled to the curb at the corner. The wind rushed through the trees. Leaves swirled and scattered over the street. He turned off the lights, but left the engine running. Maybe I should get out of the car, he told himself. <laughs> she might not be able to find me if I stay in here. But then he remembered his last visit to Fear Street. The strange neighbor, the animal howls, and he decided to wait inside the car. He switched off the engine. Then he switched it on again. I'll play the radio. At least it'll drown out the dreadful wailing of the wind. That's in quotes. That's what he said to himself. He said that out loud. Yes. But then he remembered that it might drain the battery. Jesus Christ. He didn't want to be stuck at two in the morning on Fear Street with a car that wouldn't start. Get your shit together, Corey. Turn the engine off again. The passenger door swung open. He started to scream. Keep going. Okay. Chapter 10. Anna! Hi, Corey. She whispered shyly, sliding next to him on the front seat. She was wrapped in an old-fashioned... Old-fashioned lazy gray shawl. Her hair was wild and unbrushed. And her blue eyes sparkled with the excitement and the glimmer of the light inside the car. Then she pulled the car door closed and the light faded. You frightened me, he said, turning to look at her. You know, how teenagers... Don't you know how scary the street is? She gave him an odd smile, almost a devilish smile. Or was it just a dim light? He couldn't see her very well. Why did you call me? What's the matter? She slid closer. She was almost touching him. The wind shifted directions. Leaves blew up against the car windows, making it even darker. So just like a wall of leaves? Yeah, just like a tornado of leaves. (laughs) Corey, you're the only one who can help me. She said, her voice barely above a whisper. She was trembling slightly, as if she were holding back her fear, struggling to keep herself together. Street. You're the only one who talks to me. <laughs> Shut up. Where have you been all week, he blurted out. I looked for you. She seemed surprised. She turned and looked to the rear His window. His first question should be, why did someone tell me you were fucking dead? Right! Are you? His first question Not should like, be. Not like why weren't you in home? Are you dead? <laughs> are you a ghost? Are you a ghost? Are you a ghost? Are you a ghost girl? <laughs> now, why remember, do you keep calling my car this weird metal machine? <laughs> remember, he's a teenage gymnast. All right, we have to get some perspective. That's all we gotta here. work with. Do ghosts get pregnant? It's very important. <laughs> I know this. <laughs> she seemed surprised. She turned and looked to the rear window. It was entirely steamed up. She rubbed the side window next to her with her hand, making a clear peephole. Meh. <laughs> 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 oh, God. Why are you losing it? Uh, it's, cause it's just a dumb word that has a lot of weight to it that it doesn't need in a YA novel written by R.L. fucking Stein. <clears throat> he knew. <laughs> <laughs> Were you sick? Are you okay? Corey asked. She smiled at him again. Were you dead? Were I, you dead? Did you I die? was at your house before, he said. I wanted to talk to you. He realized he must sound crazy to her. The words just poured out. He didn't seem to have any control over what he was saying. He was so glad to see her. So excited. It was exciting that she had called him. <laughs> that he had come to her in the middle of the night. That they were having this secret meeting. But what was it all about? Why wasn't she answering any of his questions? Oh shit, I just now figured out who Corey is. He's fucking Nicolas Cage. (laughs) (laughs) 
Are you in trouble? He asked. <laughs> Is there anything I could do? I was thinking about you this week. Actually, I've been thinking about you ever since that day in the lunchroom. The lunchroom. Why did he have to bring that horrible occasion up? Why How did they have to be lunchrooms? <laughs> really? She said. I was thinking about you too. She peered out through the small circle she had made on the window. Is someone following you? He asked. Is someone out there? She shook her head. I don't know. Your family said they told me you were... Oh no, here he was again blurting it out. Why couldn't he control himself? Why was he talking so crazily? He hated being so out of control. As a gymnast. <laughs> he practiced keeping every muscle in control and now he couldn't even control his mouth. I... I just need to know if you're real! He heard himself saying. The words seemed to surprise her. A smile slowly spread over her face. A sly smile. I'm real. She whispered, staring at <laughs> I'm gonna do Chris Elliott. Oh, child. <laughs> That's what I'm... <laughs> I'm real. She whispered, staring into his eyes. I'll show you. <laughs> she reached... I don't, I'm hoping it goes in that direction. <laughs> she reached both hands up suddenly and grabbed the back of his head. Her hands were hot despite the cold of the night. She pulled his face down to hers and pushed her lips against She's an him. opposite <laughs> ghost. Her lips were soft and warm. Is she like a... Oh, she's a demon. she's like She's a succubus. Yeah. People with fevers. Yeah. Her lips were soft and warm. Her mouth opened a little and then closed. She kissed him harder, still holding his head. She was really good for 16. Oh, God. Does the book say right? that? Gross. Wait, did it say that? No. Oh, thank no. God. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, no, boy. it's just, it's creepy. It's very creepy. Yeah. Uh, he struggled to breathe. She pressed harder, uttering a soft sigh. It was the most exciting kiss, more exciting than in any dream he had ever had. He wanted it to last forever, and it appeared that it just might. He hoped nobody asked him to stand up. <laughs> she kissed him harder. He was startled by how needy she seemed. She gripped the back of his neck and pressed her lips even closer. Corey couldn't believe how lucky he was. Is this really happening this to picture, me? Like he a really himself. long, aggressive, just like closed like, mouth. Like, she opened her mouth slightly and then closed like, it again. So like, like, uh, <laughs> like some, like something from that that fucking what was that Giger movie with the sill? Oh, species. Thing? Species, yeah. like species. Didn't she like oh, yeah. kill half the people by trying to kiss them and then her like she would, she would like, like kiss them and then the like her, her her like alien tongue would be she, like she Bow. was like a praying mantis alien. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's trying That's, to get pregnant. Okay. This. She's a praying mantis ghost. <laughs> called it praying mantis ghost. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Seen it a million uh, times. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Corey couldn't believe how lucky he was. This is really happening to me. He asked himself. Did he do that? Did he, he say that out loud? Like, while well, she's kissing him, is he like, "Is this really happening to me? Happening to me? Holy fucking shit!" He tried to slip his arms around her, but there was no room to move from behind the steering wheel. <laughs> she kissed him, pushing her lips at his until the kiss really hurt. What? <laughs> and then she pulled her mouth away from his. What the fuck? That whole know, page was, was like a giant uncomfortable kiss. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for making it point. She <laughs> slid her warm lips across his cheek and up to his ear. He felt her warm, steady breath against his cheek. She whispered something. Yeah, uh, mine now. Oh boy. Is that what it was? Did he hear her correctly? <laughs> You're all mine now? No, that couldn't be it. He didn't hear it. She uh, she repeated herself. <laughs> you really don't clean your ears very often, do you? <laughs> Let me get that for you. <laughs> Ew. 
Go sniff off at earwax! <laughs> Do you believe I'm real now? She asked, her hand still on the back of his neck, clamped there. He tried to reply, but no sound came out. She laughed. <laughs> A surprisingly loud laugh that startled them both. <laughs> they had both been so quiet up until now. The wind shifted again. Large brown maple leaves blew hard against the windshield as if trying to break in. Somewhere nearby, an animal howled, possibly Voltaire. <laughs> she let go of him and settled back into the seat, a pleased expression on her face. She could still feel her lips. He could still feel her lips on his, still taste her. Ugh. Still feel the pressure of her <laughs> face against his. You know how, like, when you kiss someone and you just smash your face against their <laughs> face, like, as fucking hard as you can, and that's how you know it's a good kiss? They didn't say anything for what seemed like a long while because he had been sexually assaulted. <laughs> Finally, he broke the silence. Why did, you, why did you call me, Anna? He really didn't want her to answer. <laughs> what he wanted was for her to kiss him again like that, and again and again until he was dead. You sounded so frightened, he said. Oh, you sounded so frightened, he said, <laughs> reaching for her hand, but not Are finding it. Are you making it. fun of me? She replied. <laughs> She smiled at him, this time a guilty smile. I just he couldn't find her hand. Yeah, he couldn't find. Who is he? Just like where is it? Where? Where'd you go? She smiled at him, this time a guilty smile. I just wanted to see if you'd come. She said. She looked away. She started rubbing a fresh peephole in the window. <laughs> you, you weren't in trouble. She didn't look at him. I knew you'd come, she said. I just knew it. He stared at the back of her head, at her golden hair which fell in long tangles over the gray shawl. He wanted to kiss her again. He wanted to wrap his arms around her. He wanted to feel her hands on the back of his neck again. He reached out and put a hand on her shoulder. That's why you called? You just wanted me to come here? She turned around, her face expressionless. She looked at him but didn't say anything. When I was at your house, a guy answered the door. He had to ask her about it. He just had to. He knew she was real now. So why did her family say she was dead? My brother Brad, she answered, still expressionless. She stared straight ahead at the clouded windshield. When I asked for you, he got real upset. He said he didn't live there. Brad will say anything, she whispered, still staring straight ahead at the foggy windshield. But he... Please don't make me tell you about Brad. He... He's crazy. Don't make me say anymore. Just stay out of his way. He can be dangerous. Her whole body shook when He's she dead, said that you know. word. <laughs> he told me you were dead, Corey blurted out. For a brief second, her eyes grew wide with surprise. Then she pulled the door handle, pushed open the door, and jumped out of the car. Corey made a grab for her, but she was already gone. <clears throat> he threw open his door and climbed out. The wind blew a clump of leaves onto the legs of his jeans. Anna! He called to her. But he knew he hadn't shouted loudly enough to be heard over the wind. He started to run after her, but she had disappeared into the darkness. Anna! He called one more time, but she was gone. The wind seemed to grow stronger. The tree limbs above his head rattled like bones as the dry leaves circled and spun at his feet. He tasted blood on his lips. Yeah. He was filled with longing, longing to understand her. 
longing to know why she had run away, why she wouldn't answer his questions, why she was so terrified of her brother, longing for more kisses. He was only a few feet from the car when something big and powerful leapt onto his shoulders from behind. Chapter 11. Chapter 11. Bankruptcy. Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) Every goddamn time. (laughs) Corey, wake up. Come on. Huh? Wake up. Get out of bed. Do I have to get a crane to pull you up? Huh? I've been trying to wake you up for ten minutes. What's your problem? Didn't you sleep? Oh, shit. I've been doing the wrong mom voice. I've been trying to wake you up for ten minutes. What's your problem? Didn't you sleep last night? His mother grabbed his shoulder and started to shake him. Ow! The shoulder throbbed with pain. He jerked it away from her. It was all starting to come back to him. His shoulder hurt because the gigantic dog had jumped on it. Corey, come on. You've got a gymnastics meet in two hours. You'd better wake up. His mother was more amused than annoyed. I read that perfectly. She'd never had this much trouble waking him before. Every mother in every book we read is Julia Child. (laughs) Nice. All right. Of course... He had never spent half the night on a fair street before, and he thought of Anna's kiss. What are you smiling about, Corey? You're acting downright weird this morning. I don't know how to do a Julia Child's no, voice. No, I so think it's perfect. British. All right. Sorry, Mom. Good morning. He tried to clear his brain, and he smiled at her. Only his mouth wouldn't cooperate, and it came out all crooked. What? Like he had a stroke or something. <laughs> he tried to look normal, but he didn't want her to ask a million questions. Only if his back and shoulders weren't killing him. What day is it? Saturday, she said, turning to leave. Saturday? The meet against Farmingville is today. Didn't I just say that, or am I losing my mind, too? What do you think the main <laughs> export of Farmingville is? Um, Corn. galoshes. <laughs> Corn. Tennis rackets. The Cornington's, the Corn... Corn, Corn Wallace's, Cory. Fear. 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 He sat up in bed with a loud crow. The main export is Fear. <laughs> Yes. She turned around and looked at him. <laughs> Hurry downstairs before your breakfast gets cold. What's her breakfast? <laughs> Cornish game hens. They both laughed. It was one of their favorite jokes. After she left, he carefully pulled off his pajama top and surveyed the damage to his shoulders. They were just badly scratched. That huge Doberman, Voltaire, <sighs> had pounced on him as if he were a mouse. How they gonna have a scene like that it's... without that old guy? Right. Get him, Voltaire. <laughs> The whole scene with its with all of its horror replayed itself in his mind. He heard the low growls again, felt the dog's hot breath on his back of his head, then felt the jolt of the giant paws bearing down on his shoulders, pushing him to the ground, pinning him down, the dog's massive jar snapping loudly as it snarled over him. Dare he give himself to him? Sorry, did I go in the wrong direction? <laughs> no, that's no, right. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. You're doing a great job. Oh, thanks. <clears throat> it seemed to him... He was down on the ground for hours before the strange neighbor in the gray slicker had arrived. Get down, Voltaire! Sit, boy! He had said calmly, <laughs> with no emotion at all. <laughs> with no emotion. Not like when those <laughs> antique precious cans were <laughs> The dog obeyed immediately, backing away, silent except for his heavy, excited panting. You back again, son? The guy didn't even apologize. He just stared at Corey suspiciously as Corey, slowly, painfully, pulled himself to his feet with a loud groan. Visiting the Corwins, were you? The man asked, petting the Doberman's slender black head as if to congratulate him on a job well done. 
I, uh, uh, I was just leaving, Corey stammered, his heart heaving in his chest, his shoulders aching, his head spinning. Most folks don't come around Fear Street in the middle of the night, the man said, his expression as unrevealing as ever. Most people don't walk their dogs at 2 a.m. Yeah, also that. Burn. It sounded like a threat to Corey. Corey didn't reply. Somehow he managed to climb into his car, start the engine, and drive away. The man and the dog stood watching Corey until he was out of sight. What was going on here, Corey wondered. Why was that weird guy always there when Corey parked near the Corwin's house? Had he been watching for Corey? Was he really a neighbor? Was he spying on Anna? It's her crazy brother, Brad, wearing a disguise. That's a weird conclusion to jump to. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Oh, boy. It's like R.L. Stein's reaching for straws Brad just like we are. <laughs> like, what it's the like fuck Earl could Stein's it possibly be? Writing this Let's book list like, everything. Oh, boy, what is it going to be, guys? Because I don't know either. <laughs> I'm just going write to all, write all these ideas down and pick one later. <laughs> Get real, he had scolded himself. But who <laughs> was he? Now it was the next morning, and he was less than two hours away from the Farmingville meet. He looked at his scratched up shoulders in the mirror. Was he not wearing a shirt when the dog jumped on him? Like, what the fuck? He was wearing a down jacket, he said. What the fuck? The the only thing uh, that doesn't denote that he's just flying by the seat of his pants when he writes this is that there's so much obvious shit in it that is just there to fill up the page. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but without those bits, it would just be him going like, "Uh, it's the story about of a, 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 a gymnast. Uh, she's a girl." Um, and I'm just gonna start it's a, from it's there. It's a tight thirty pages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> it really would. I could knock it out in three chapters if I wanted to. <laughs> How is There's he going? Too much stuff that's just doesn't need to be there. That's purposely there to just fill up room. Yeah. <laughs> How is he going to explain them to Coach Wellner? How is he ever going to get up on the rings? He swung his arms around, testing them. Not too bad. Maybe he could work out the ache. Maybe they'd be flexible enough to perform. He got dressed quickly, pulling on a clean pair of jeans and a fresh sweatshirt, and hurried down for breakfast. He decided to get to the gym early and work out, do some stretching exercises. He'd be fine. I feel like the scratches would hurt more than, like, a sore muscle from a dog jumping on you mm-hmm. yeah but also like you said why would he be scratched when he's wearing a fucking down jacket oh, like did the dog like literally try and kill him like just, just like, like <laughs> yeah, rip just at him mauling. he thought of anna how- stay off the moor <laughs> yeah Corey. how soft she was how warm at least he had proven that she was alive wow was she alive that was in the book. Yeah. I think we've all Frenched a ghost to know that maybe she's dead. Yeah, he'd be fine, Corey decided. He'd be perfectly fine. Disgustedly, Corey tossed a towel over his shoulder. He started pacing behind the team bench. There's a page break. Okay. Just like He started pacing behind the team bench and bumped right into Lisa. Ow! She cried, rubbing her shoulder. Watch where you're going. Hey, what are you doing here? There's a meet going on, Corey said. Really? How would you know? She cracked. Give me a break. Did you come here just to insult me? Corey asked glumly. He picked up his pace. She hurried to catch up with him. No, sorry, it just slipped out. She put a hand on his shoulder to stop him, but he pulled away in pain. What's the matter? 
I, uh, strained it, I guess. He didn't have the energy to tell her the truth. He wouldn't know where to begin. You were watching the meet? No, not really, babe. I got here just in time to see your bar routine. It wasn't a bar routine. It was a clown act, Corey said with genuine sadness. Didn't uh, Nicolas Cage and Cher date at one point? Did is that a thing? They were in that they movie together. They were in together. Moonstruck. Moonstruck. I don't know if they dated. Yeah, okay. So that's, that's enough for me. Okay. Sorry, she <laughs> they said. They dated in the movie. She started, <laughs> she started to pat his shoulder again, but quickly thought better of it. I came to tell you something. Something I think you'll be interested in, babe. She looked tense. She was biting her lower lip. Ooh, that's a sign. Excuse me. Can I wait till after? <laughs> Coach is gonna... It's about Anna Corwin, babe. She said. Tell me, he said, tossing the towel to the floor. <laughs> she frowned. She took both his hands and pulled him to the side of the gym. We were at my cousin's house last night, she told him, leaning back against the tile wall. Which cousin? What does it matter? You don't know any of my cousins. Oh, right. Why is this the Art- filler you were mentioning? <laughs> Why are those lies in there? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I love when my points prove it. Oh, man. <laughs> my cousin had a friend over, a girl who goes to Melrose, and I was talking to her, and I asked her if she knew Anna Corwin, because Anna used to go to Mel- Melrose before she transferred here. Yeah? And? Well, when I asked her about Anna, the girl got this funny look on her face. She actually went pale. Why? Corey asked impatiently. <laughs> what did she tell you? <laughs> <laughs> what did she tell you? I'm not, even, I'm not even doing Nick Cage. I'm doing Andy Samberg doing Nick Cage. <laughs> nice. That's 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 high praise. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're not gonna believe this. She said that Anna had been in her class, but that Anna was dead, babe. <laughs> uh, do we want to stop? Oh wait. Nine. Oh yeah. That was a really weirdly anticlimactic end to a chapter. Like, well, because that already just happened it? a couple chapters ago. We've already, yeah, we've already ended a chapter with someone saying, she's dead. Is the entire book going to be, she's dead, she's not dead, she's dead, she's, she's dead. not dead. The whole book's going to be people saying, hey, Corey, I just, I just, well, I, I found out this thing about Anna. I was talking to this guy. And he said she's dead. <laughs> it's just gonna be that for like fucking eighty more pages. Oh god! Did you say dead? Dead? Wait, dead? Cool. Oh my god. Okay, so so so, boy, this is a book. <laughs> I mean, it's getting a little bit better. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, so like, it's not saying a lot, but I guess the main thing that happened in that section was we have confirmation from multiple sources that she's dead <laughs> but then she aggressively made out with him yeah like a succubus yeah yep called it all right okay well well cool well thank you for having yeah me. thanks for being on um glad you were here what 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 would you like to plug you caught for... on you caught on very quickly to what we were trying to do <laughs> yeah cool um for, for people listening, um, is there anything that you would like them to check out, follow, blah, 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 all that stuff? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> me? Yeah. Huh? Um, yeah, yeah, uh, my website is mystery10.com, M-Y-S-T-E-R-Y, and then the number 10. <laughs> cool. Dot com. It's a pun on my name, Mr. Eaton. 
Oh, I get it. Uh, I, that, yeah, I that literally took me years to just before I got it. <laughs> yeah, it's a sleeper. It took me years. And like one day I was it's looking at real, your fucking it's a real name. And it's my name too. And I was looking at it one day and I was like, oh. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, Jason, I, I loved. Uh, there was only a couple moments where you did this where you sounded like you forgot how to read. What? Oh, really? But what I want to cool. know is, did you notice the moments where it sounds like your brother forgets how to read? <laughs> no. Because that is Ooh, all creep. the time. Oh, is, no, is it genetic? That's... Oh, no. Or, like, sometimes That's... it just sounds like he's having a stroke in real time. I noticed Jonathan doing that. I didn't notice Jason doing yeah. that. Yeah. It, it was When it was you go into, brief. like, really short syllables. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was it was very brief and really? it was only like twice. Oh, cool! Now but, I'm gonna have to listen. But to I was happy to, to like have a... noticed it. I every time it, I read, I get cool. so much anxiety just like being back in school and having to read out loud in front of the class. I'm like, can I read? Do oh, I know boy. how? What if there's a word I don't know? So, oh, I get excited. Yeah. I get I get scared. It's <laughs> a tricky show. I I get overconfident and then I get to that point where I'm just like, oh no, words mean things. What do I say? I think that's probably what's happening with yeah. us, that yeah. we get ahead of our brain. Yeah. We're, like, we're like, wait, what? Huh? I'm, I'm fucking oh. nailing this, aren't I? And then you're like, oh, yeah, I'm doing, it's, it's doing always, so fucking good. Uh, if, if you had a good time tonight, Jason, check out some other episodes and listen to your brother struggle Thank with you. very simple words. I would, uh, Excellent. I would, hi- I mean, I, I feel like our show I, I gets better over time, because um, we're really just, like, honing in on what we enjoy doing. I, if you want to listen to anything, I would recommend listening to the Sweet Valley High episodes because they are fucking okay. crazy. That book was <laughs> that book was messed up. Also, the awesome. book itself was good. <laughs> All the other episodes, the books weren't good. I feel like the Sweet Valley book I don't know. was good. I think you're a little. And then we added on top of it. I think you're a little. Uh, I, th- I think your opinion's been colored by the fact that we went from Animorphs to Sweet Valley High because that Animorphs <laughs> book yeah. was like a crazy pile of dog shit. <laughs> That's cool. But also, That's we started great. at like the 40th Animorphs book. Yeah, I don't regret it. I don't, I don't think we missed anything. Um, <laughs> so, should I stop recording now? No. By the way, we're about to we're, we're about to, to do the we're outro. Still doing the send off. Oh, the send off. Okay. Doing a sign out. Um. So yeah, Chris, uh, tell people what you want them to look for. All right. Uh, if you like anything I did on this show, please check me out on at Chris Z isn't funny on Twitter and Instagram, which uh, I've only just gotten back into Twitter because I post a lot on Facebook about dumb shit. And I realized I should probably put it on Twitter to where some people might actually see it. And uh, if you like anything I did, then check out Popsucker Theater, the web show on YouTube. It's very hard to spell, but uh, there'll be links if you're already listening to it's this. It's Sock Puppets. You'll get there. It. Yeah, it's Sock Puppets. It's not for kids. <laughs> it uh, can be. Season 2 is coming soon, post-pandemic. And, uh, and check that out. All right, Becca. And you can find my other podcasts on all the things at CD Reads. And uh, you can follow me on stuff if you want. I am uh, at John Brack. And uh, check out cactusrodeo.com for my comics and stuff. And check out our uh, one of our other shows, also The Sketchy Show, where we do oh, yeah, improv, totally forgot to plug that. <laughs> improv sketch comedy. And uh, we have a, a lot of fun doing that. And then, yeah, we have a lot of, we have a lot of content. So if you're bored and you're wondering what to do during this dumb 
fucking time. Um, just listen to all of our <laughs> stuff. So, anyway, thanks for coming on the show, and uh, thanks for listening, and we love you. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. Stay sexy, don't get murdered. <laughs> Below Grade Level is a Cactus Radio production. You can contact us at podcast at cactusrodeo.com. Subscribe and follow on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify, and follow Cactus Rodeo on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for more entertainment and updates.